What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 75 with Mark Uzanski and Dave Friedman. Was that Doug? Uh, we're really wait a second. Was that Doug just playing guitar? No, it was no. me. Oh, it was you ripping. Oh, thanks, man. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate yeah. it. I'm gonna keep that forever, by the way. Uh we, we, we really want to welcome you back from your oh yes. Everybody can't wait to speak to the old fart. Let's go. I'm yeah. like I'm like the elephant man. You bring him out and you fucking put him on. <laughs> All right, two things. I swear, and this is zero alcohol beer, okay? I don't drink anymore. It's been almost 11 years. So if you see me drinking that, it's not real beer, okay? These are real man breasts, though. I want you to see them with a picture of my man, my favorite oh, being, <laughs> who is my, actually my friend. I can't believe I get FaceTime messages from That's me. amazing. It is. I mean, consider it. real tequila. Oh, that's real tequila. Well, what is that, Dave? That's no, Don that's, Julio, 1942. Oh, you love that. It's my freaking ex-wife trying to call it my ex-wife number two, painted uh, a lovely person, and uh, she's uh, trying to call me right now. And she doesn't usually do that, so I know it's bad. So I'm not gonna answer the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and don't. And, and oh God, this is going out to millions of people. Great, she's gonna love me for that. Well, you know what? I happy days are. <laughs> I am with weird kids, and no, I'm not on drugs. Okay, I can attest to that. This is all the damage from the drugs. This is like the, this is the <laughs> damage. So no, man, I don't think my I think I stopped before my brain looked like a anteater or an ant farm. You know. Like, no, I can attest, people. That he's always go now. I mean. He, he, he's always been this damaged. It's okay. No, you're too quick to uh, be down. I, mean, I was this way when I was single digits. You have to understand something. You know, when you're a kid and you fall, I'm I'm one of these really super lucky people. So grateful for this that I got to have the career of my dreams. I saw the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show in January 64, like everybody else my age. And that was it. I pointed to George Harrison. I want to be him. Now, did I ever think I would know him? Did I ever think that I would be Ringo's pal and be in his band for eight years? And we talk three, four times a week. I mean, you know, um, it's beyond a mathematical odds. All the records I got to play on. I, mean, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And God bless me. And I, you know, there's better guys. I mean, but a lot of great guys just fell apart when the red light went on. And I saw some amazing things and amazing people. I went, uh -huh. well, that's amazing like a-listers okay but there's something about the environment of the studio that either you make friends with it or you don't and some of my fondest memories are being there when we didn't know what we were going to do here i'll take my glasses off okay i know that's annoying the hell of everyone um uh, <laughs> all right well, yeah because you were you were routinely hired as a session guy to yeah, come in to come in and go hey what would you put here that's it. See, that's what most people think we're yeah. just reading the notes. Like, well, anybody, anybody can learn how to read the notes. You know what I mean? You know, just like anybody can sit on YouTube and practice their solos perfectly. But when you didn't know who the artist was, who the other musicians were, what kind of music you were going to play, you had to be ready for anything. And, and you had to have a great attitude. And I was a bit silly, so they took a shine to me, the young kid that's always got the jokesters, you know. And I was sort of brought in by, you know, Paige, uh, Jeff Picaro and David Foster later on, very early on. And when I got on, I brought my, uh, you know, my brother and best friend and going to see him tomorrow, Michael Landau, who's the finest guitar player I've ever 
been around in my life and i grew up with him since i was 12. so it was always like what are the odds with that we keep up with him man man it's like i'm going into getting a little tired now okay i'm just gonna be a rock and roll guy mike you go that way i'm gonna go this way did you guys like you know trade licks and play with each other and you know, daily, daily we were in every band together we we're in our high school band together we we're in our junior high school band together we we're, were friends and we still are there's pictures of us on the internet when we we're like 13 at grand high school and then there's pictures of us now where we look like two doddering old guys that look at each other like, we got 45 years in we're going like where did the time go that's amazing and both had like amazing careers separately. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, we helped everybody helped each other. I'd help bring Mike in, but Mike, here's the thing: you get the luck is to get in the door and to get the shot. Mm -hmm. It's not luck to get the call back, come back and do it again. That means you made the cut, and that was something you had to keep up that standard at all times. You had to deliver at all times. Now, not you know, everybody overdubbed everybody's parts once in a while. They want to hear something different, but when you were on the gig, you gave it the best you. The best ideas you had, we were all arrangers. We were hired as arrangers to come up with our own parts. Mm -hmm. They write G, and, you, and then Louis, Louis Shelton plays the intro to Last Train to Clarksville off the top of his head. That just said G. See, that's what studio musicians did back then. It's what we still did. They would write things for us. The roadmap would be there. You had to read music and understand what it is, but it wasn't like a sea of black dots. There would be an occasional figure to catch, an occasional lick to catch, but most of it was like, where they're expecting us, we hired you to be you, you know, give us what you play, what you played on the last hit record or play something like that. Make this record a hit for us. That's what they would look at Jeff and me. They look at this group, a group of guys that just ended up for that period of time playing on 90% of the shit that was on the radio. Was, so the was the majority of the stuff that you were playing on, was it just a blank slate or was there some? No, it was, it was, a, it was a organized chord sheet, you know, I mean, a lot of times they would be, a really nice one, you know, written out and everything like that. But there was no part for me. It just put right. me in chords and go, well, do your thing. And I had to deliver in one or two takes. Come and, and if they didn't like the frequency, go like, I don't like that part. What else you got? And you had to have something else, man. Well, uh, I don't have right then, right now. 22 years old, 22 years old, you know. And I have like this legendary guy in my face going, you got to give me something funky, man. You got to give me some orange or something. You know, what he'd say weird shit to me. I'd be like, Okay. Um, but, you know, it's all in all, I look back, it's the greatest career of my life. Man. I mean, if they took me out now, I can honestly say I had the best time ever. I mean, plus I got to be in a band and have that experience. And that's the good stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's not all good. But, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't want to be Debbie Downer anymore. No, you got to look at the positive. Stuff. Go now, well, like, what do you think about the music business now? I'm not going to answer that question. I'm gonna go. What there? It's it's a very short song. It goes. There's no business, and that's the end of the song. <laughs> the older people will laugh. The younger people will not know what I was talking about. Yeah, there's definitely no business. That's for sure, especially now. So, are you uh, are you going crazy being home? Or are you yeah. feeling good? Like, yeah. No, I'm not wearing any pants right now. <laughs> that's okay. No. Either is probably half the audience. Excuse me for excuse me for a sec. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but <laughs> I'm just such a jeepster for your love. 
Are you enjoying it? You know, that already after the penis reduction. Yeah, well, you know, I'm feeling better now. Medicated. Yeah, you seem to be feeling better. There's <laughs> no, a lot of, a lot of I'm off. really kidding. All right, guys, I'm a pro. What can I say? <laughs> Ask me anything. Oh, man. Um, ask you anything. Well, I, I've got tons All of All right, questions. I got one. Go for it, Dave. What? You said there's good times and bad times. You're doing sessions. What's the worst memory on a session that you can remember? Well, or uh, what's the one that stood out as just being, God, this fucking sucks. That was the only session I walked out on because I didn't find out who the artist was first, and that was Richard Simmons. Oh, fuck. I was doing a dance record. I'm going, what? what? I, I don't do this. I mean, you know, like, you know, I, you know. I took the gig because I the, the producer was a friend or, or the, the contractor was a friend. And he says, oh, no, it's a cool gig. I mean, he didn't tell me who the artist was. He said who else was on the gig. Good players and stuff, friends. I said, okay. And the kid ended up, like, kissing my guitar tech, and the guy almost killed him. It was, And we split. I said, I'll be right back. I'll make a call. I never came back. So a week later, I'm there to do a session with Greg Matheson, and they're still there. And one guy wanted to fight me, and Lenny Castro broke out his, his knife belt. He's had this like Puerto Rican knife belt, man. It's like it you know, comes out of a, it's a real belt book, but when it comes out, it's a knife, you know. <laughs> you know, he's from the he's from the tough part of New York, so like they were, you know. And Jeff was giving me shit over the uh, the talk back then at Sunset Sound. They had this, uh, what was it, a monitor system all over the whole studio. Mm-hmm. You know, PA system or something like that. And I'd get a hold of it and say all kinds of horrendous shit. You know, maybe Van Halen would be there, Doobies in the other room, and us in the other room. And we'd just be fucking on the phone. They kept changing the code every day. And I'd find out the new code. It was drove crazy. It was great. <laughs> I was the best times of my life when I was a kid. You know, the funny, funny thing, I, I have a flashback remembering maybe you doing that at some studio and talking yes. to the talk back I, I was shameful i was having the time of my life i was <laughs> i was just like going i couldn't believe that every day i walked in and i'm playing with like all the names that i read on the back of the records and yeah they invited me to their party and i got to be part of the club and i'm just one of the greatest moments of my life jay graden was my mentor lee rittenauer ray parker you know i mean uh the cats uh, dean parks the incredible dean parks you have to have them on the show a truly unsung hero absolutely legendary i mean you know you know all the younger guys are and then you you know now but i'm just saying you know people that i had the next jay graden i mean i mean i learned how to do it all from those guys and larry carlton was in our you know we all love larry and all that but you know lee bailed me out on a couple of dates when i was really young and we're still all of us are still friends man I I i actually have a question from um a buddy of mine who's actually his real name is Les Paul Gibson. Um, is he uh, related to uh, Jeff Baxter? I don't think so. His son is Fender. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Baxter. Yeah, yeah, it's a real true story. So, so you, I, hey, man, your father loved guitars. They're great guitars. So, God bless you, man. I'm not yeah, isn't that cool? No. Um, so, are you influenced by Larry Carlton in any way? Sure. Are you and, kidding me? He was one of my bigger influences when I was young. Yeah. And then I got a chance to work with him later in life, you know, which was a great honor for me. And 
you know, he was the guy that everybody looked up to, you know. And then the guy he looked up to was Louis Shelton. And then there was Tommy Tedesco. And then you know, there was the whole group of these other guys that were all geniuses in there, too, you know. Mm -hmm. So I know my lineage, you know what I mean? I know where I fit into the grand scheme of things. And I'm very honored to be a part of this small club. Yeah, that's hard awesome. to get in. I mean, it's, it's the mentality. It's not chops. It's not. I mean, it's great. I love I practice. You know, I'll never be as great as the kids that are on now. I mean, I, mean, I laugh. I go, I'm glad I'm old now. But but the same thing is, I mean, I still got a rhythm chop, rhythm chops they'll never have because they don't practice that. They don't have it. And the way to practice that is to play with other people or be forced to be put, put in a situation where you are the pocket. Now, I learned a lot of that from Ray Parker, man. man what a rhythm player he is. And, you know, Paul Jackson Jr. is another great player, you know, from a lot of genres, you know. A lot of the country pickers are just ridiculous. They're all Reggie Young, the old school. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you know, uh, uh, you know, Dan Huff's a great player. You know, I don't give Dan enough love, man. He's a great player. Yeah. Now, 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 speaking of speaking of Dan, so so there was. I remember there was a little animosity at no. first. No, at first I was going, "Who's this when, guy? Plays like me?" When that was when, when, when Dan came into. The, your guy's world, Mike, and yours, uh, and I, started getting these sessions. Here's the thing. I was on when Mike was really starting to peak, I was going this way. My career, I hit first, then Mike was right behind me. Yeah. And then I had the band, which was another distraction. Then I also did a solo record, which started that. Then I stopped doing sessions. The, the rule when I was told by all the guys, by Ritt, by by Graydon, by, by Carlton, by Foster, by all the God Page. It's like, you got 10, 12 years tops if you're going to be a recording musician. Not the TV film guys. And and Dean is the only guy that crosses over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's the only guy that has. Still works. And, and still has it all. Wow. My admiration for him is beyond. Hey, I got to get to a, super, a couple super chats. So um, Adam Gothridge says, Steve, met you a few years ago, and you were the kindest, nice, nicest, most sincere person I ever met. Just wanted to say thank you. So thanks, so thanks for the super chat, guys. Thank you very much. I'll let the clone out every now and then. <laughs> oh, you're very kind. I, I was thinking, are you sure you, sure you met him? No. <laughs> you know, I don't drink anymore, man. You know, so I'm really a docile. <laughs> we got one from uh, the happy juice really brought the worst out of me later in my life I'm very ashamed of that I'm sorry I mean that being dead serious I really fucked up and it's taken me a little you know a lot of time to re rebuild my reputation as a human being as an as a player so I've worked very hard at that oh. well, kids you know don't overdo it that's all I gotta say don't exactly. everything in moderation yeah you know moderation like only stick this much of your fist in, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sorry, I, people complain that I laughed. <laughs> um, Vinny Moretti, See, this, this is all new for Mark. Oh, okay, this well, is all new. Yeah, okay, sure. now I have to wear the glasses. I'm sorry, all day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hearing aid now, too. You know, that's kind of <laughs> thank you, Mark and Dave. Uh, Steve, lots of love from New Jersey. How can someone get comfortable in the studio? Even a home studio when recording. How do you stay relaxed, comfortable? God bless, guys. Thanks. Quaaludes. All right. But those are out of production now. I don't Marijuana. Know. No. How do you stay relaxed? You know, imagine yourself just sitting in your room. I mean, the, the, the hard part is, is feeling the pressure from outside. 
and the fear of the red light. And oh my God, I'm so great at home. I know this by the back of my hand. And all of a sudden you freeze up with your time messes up and you get nervous and you start rushing or you, you, you lose your place on the chart. And everybody in the room is going, look, we've been you, man. Nobody in the room is giving you a hard time, man. We love you. You want to do another take? Let's do it. Gives me another time to hone my part in. You know, we would do the welcoming thing and then you just see some cats get it together and many don't. And then you don't see them the next day. And it's sad because they're like really great players. And you go see them in a club, they fucking absolutely devastating. But you take them out of their thing, you know, and you have to be spontaneous. It's not for everybody. It's really being a great guitar player has nothing to do with being a great studio musician. You have to be an arranger, composer, songwriter, babysitter, uh, pretend that's the greatest thing I ever heard. And you know it's shit. You know, it's like you have to have the right personality. And these people are fucking, this is their life. This is their shot. They're in the studio with the big boys. They're paying the money. Mm -hmm. You've got to try. That's your job, man. No matter how crappy a song you might think it'd be. And I played on some crappy songs that were number ones, you know, that I thought were like, and then things I thought were cool didn't do shit. So I'm not the A&R guy. I'm shut up and play the guitar, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So um, you were just talking about the Lionel Richie running in the with the night that was really a goof man i mean i mean obviously it was i think he wanted it was like okay michael had eddie and i did that and then it was like okay let's have a rock and roll guy play on the r&b shit you know so they had me and i worked with richie before i love him to death he's a sweetheart of a man and uh a joy and uh i ran in there and go, what key is it in you know uh, to his producer james carmichael god bless him rest in peace um Who's sweet? He goes play what you want, man. You know, who's cool guys to play what you want? I'm like, okay, cool. What key? Hey, okay, great. Hey, we I know our guitar players love the key of A. All right, here we go. And then they just started playing the song, and I just ripped from top to bottom, just warming up, you know, like going, okay, I'm overplaying. I know that I'm gonna do it again. Well, at the end of the take, take zero. <clears throat> I go, okay, man, I got a feel for it. I'm sorry, man, I just warm it up. He goes, that was great. We're keeping that. I'm going, no, man, I played over everything. It's terrible. I bent this out of tune. He goes, no, get out of here. I'm keeping it. There you go. <laughs> You're done. I'm at the mercy of that, you know. Session over. Yeah. You know, I used to get, I used to, you know, I have a, I used to get good at it. You know, I was working a lot and, you know, as you do things a lot. It's like, you know, my reading got better. Obviously, now my reading sucks because I've been done it forever. It's like, I thought, what is this again? All right. <clears throat> but, you know, I, those are the best years. Not the best years. But some of the best times of my life and my dream come true to be a student musician. Wow. What an honor. Well, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> you were doing... When I first started in this business, I started working for Andy Browers. For those of you that just tuned in, these are zero alcohol. <laughs> okay? Because they go, oh, look at this drinking again. Look out. You're, you remember old Andy, right? What? You remember old Andy Brower? Yeah. <laughs> I, think he has, I think he has some of my gear. Have you, uh, have you uh, ever uh, have you seen him recently? No. <laughs> That's good. Um, I don't um, for a long time. I don't wish anybody ill, but I need my stuff back, Andy. Okay. All right. Boy. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so I was doing cartage at that point in time and I was a fucking 18 year old kid carting. Luke I Stone. remember. 
Yeah, I know. Carting your stuff around, young, long-haired kid. Young Dave, now who's now the, the, now the old. guru, amp guru, pedal board guy. Yeah, I get mm -hmm. it. Famous guy now. How does it feel? Yeah. All that pressure. I just filling everyone in if they didn't understand. This is this is where I know Steve from. This yeah, we go way back, way pretty far back. Andy Leeds or Bandy Brower, whatever. Andy Brower, yep, yeah, Andy Brower. And I remember something very fondly, uh, a fond memory. Um, Did I do something about you and your relationship with Andy? <laughs> I remember specifically at a session. There was some little something wrong with your rig at the time, and we got it sorted. It was no big deal. It was no big deal, and, and and you're in the control room. You go, you know what? Let's fucking call Andy and light him up. <laughs> oh, really? For fun. <laughs> it was for fun. <laughs> and you're, like, looking at us going, I'm going to call him and light him up. <laughs> and you called him and started laying into him, and you could just hear him, like, crumbling and doing backflips in the phone, uh, you know? That <laughs> was a cruel bastard. Back that then. was fucking funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> we enjoyed it. Yeah. That's we enjoyed funny. it a lot. So, you know, we've been talking about having you on the show for a really long time, Steve. And one of the uh, one of the scenes, well, one of the running jokes is that I can't say your freaking name right. So I, it's Lukather. It's, it's Lukather, right? So I was saying, frenetic. I used to get thrown out of English class for correcting the English teachers. I was saying Lukather. No, there's, there's no uh, accent anywhere. Yeah, Lukather. yeah, yeah. yeah. Roll, so, rolls off your tongue like a booger. <laughs> like a loogie yeah like a loogie yeah. oh, oh, ladies and gentlemen five dollars with dave friedman so but i got it right tonight i got it right tonight so um hey can you talk about um any work that you did with uh van halen with eddie uh were you on the van, well, on the uh, fuck album or sing some background vocals on those records that's all people start thinking that i play eddie's parts yeah that's funny that's really funny i mean come on you know, I mean, yeah, and of course he doesn't need me to play anything like that. I was there at the house. I used to hang all the time. I love those guys. They're like family to me, man, you know? And uh, yeah, I haven't talked to Ed in a while. I'm waiting for a text back, and I've um, got a call into Al. I, I keep in touch, you know? I'm happy for both. You know, I'm happy yeah. for all of them, you know what I mean? You know, I'm still... I'm everybody's friend. I'm, I'm Switzerland, man. You know, I'm, I'm, I run into people everywhere. You know, I'm, I don't want enemies with anybody. You know, you have to really try hard to piss me off. You know, you have to do something awful to me first. And then generally I can like even people that don't like my shit. I'm like, well, that's cool. That's all right. I still had a great life just in case. So, right. I got what I wanted to do. And most people don't. Maybe that's why. They hate me or something because I got lucky enough to fall and worked hard enough to get lucky enough to get the shot to get in, and they liked me, and I kept coming back. Well, there's a lot of jealousy out there, that's for sure. But yeah. well, I've read a lot of really fun things about myself. Yes, that's nice. People with fake names are really articulate. But your hair is real, though. We've no, confirmed. Yeah, see, we have confirmed that uh, it's real, people. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm doing a documentary right now for real. Sony's. Uh, funding it, and a guy named Nigel Cole is directing it. Who did Bruce Springsteen's last last DVD or, or whatever you call him documentary? We've uh, already inter interviewed Ringo and Slash, and my hairdresser, which I'm he's a he's a he's a surprise guest. I'm not going to tell you who he is. It'll explain everything. It's very funny, actually. Um, it's not a dig me fest like uh, some people. Oh, looks so great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, the funny stories about me and shit. No, people say nice shit, but people in my in my house, people in my family, and some different people from different walks of life. You know, been around me forever. When I, about? You know what it is. You know, I know. I've seen. I've seen some of these. Like you know. No, you tell me how great I am. You know, it's like. Right. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Like, you know, first day fucking, you know, <laughs> first day on the set for the fluffer. You know what I mean? But how, when's that going to come out? What were we talking about again? Then? Documentary. <laughs> documentary. <laughs> well, here's the thing that my, 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 my uh, I'm, just, I'm old. That's really what the problem. Um, No, he's in England. He can't move. I can't go there. Oh. I do this little COVID problem we have. Yeah, that little that you know, little problem. on that man, real or not real? That little problem. <laughs> yeah, you want to start some controversy? <laughs> right, right, let's just let's just to be honest with you, I've been pretty much in my house since March seventh, except for a couple of doctor appointments and a couple of hazmat suit ridden fucking final mixes for my solo album that's coming out. At well, the I'm end, just about to ask you about that. So, uh, mascot records. Can we talk about that? Yes, we can. So tell us about it. Tell us about uh, what, what's going on with it. Has, have you been more productive since you've been home working yeah. on it? Well, you know, you know lucky was, I was lucky to get into the studio and cut everything live with the guys uh, before this virus took over. I mean, I really, my whole point of this record was, you know, I've done the overproduced records, and I love all that shit, and that's great. When I say that, I don't mean it in a negative way. I like a lot. I like big production. All my favorite albums were big production, so... I make no, you know, no apology for that. If you don't like that kind of shit, then you probably should listen to, you know, The Clash or something. Ooh, I was the day, but apples and oranges. Mm -hmm. um, I, what I did with this one, my concept with this was I wanted to hire some cats and my friends. No rehearsal. And me and Babco and, and Joseph and Paige, we wrote some things. Uh, and uh, we Jeff did some charts, and we got everybody in the studio. Jeff Babco on keyboards, MD David Page on organ and piano. Um, we didn't use any synthesizers on the record. Uh, Jorgen Carlson from Government Mule played bass. Greg mm -hmm. uh, Bissonette played drums. Wow. It was all done live. I did all my solos live. I didn't. I made myself do it. No click tracks. Um, Great. Old school, 70s. I went for a 70s thing, and I even did a couple of 70s tunes to cover tunes for fun uh, to some of my favorite artists and just to set the tone for everything. And this really, it's a, at this point in the game, it's a vanity record for people who like our stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, Joseph's on it, DePage is on it, and then Joseph's new album is much more like his Peter Gabriel. So he, he's been spending so much time meticulously producing it and making it great this is his first big musical statement he's really grown so much as a musician so proud of him one of my best friends one of the only people i allow into my house at this point he comes up every day and my girl feeds him and you know we keep him you know i love him to death and he's, he's just family you know what i mean he lives alone and uh what can i say man you know uh, the two of these records are going to come out i played on his record and he worked on it so these records are going to come out on the same label and we're going to go out and work together under uh, those are surprises to come down the line. Awesome. See, I don't just sit around and do nothing like some people do. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to hear. Hey, I want to give a shout out to uh, Jay Kariga. Says, hey, Steve, we love you. 
very, very dear friend, him and his wife, lovely wife who I've known since I was a kid, used to give me free food. Kathleen, I love you. You know that. You guys, they got together actually because of our band. So I love to when love comes together and they they have a really great uh, American fan site for us and they're really, really nice people. Oh, that's awesome. And I, and I thank the world of them. Thank you guys. We've got another one, uh, Jose Romero. If you went back to 30 year old Steve, what advice would you give yourself to play as you do now? I skipped the part where I'm trying to keep up with the fastest gun in the West and drink too much and make an asshole of myself doing it. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I had moments live where I was a little sloppy because I just stopped caring because of some personal issues. And that's a, what a waste of a gift that I've been given. I'm rather ashamed. I let myself get Were like, you really sloppy though. I mean, was that yeah, later? I got a little bit sloppy when I was drinking. Yeah, I was sad. Well, yeah, but but that was that. That was. Yeah, really I would right? default by playing something fast and sloppy, and then I listened back and and then they would go after me on the fucking internet, you know. And I was very hurt before I sobered up. You know, when I sobered up, I was very hurt by reading this stuff, and it really motivated me to prove them wrong that I hadn't lost it, that I had that I still could get it together. And be who I started out to be, and not try to be something that I wasn't. I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy you did because I, I, I sort of remember that. Although I wasn't really around you that much at that time, but I sort of remember that time, that transition yeah, when you were just my own, to get sober. my own voice as a player. I started just trying to play like other people and trying to do things that. It's just not why people dug me in the first place. I was trying to be somebody else instead of me. Once I'm me and I can relax and feel good in my own skin. Which is hard to do as a human being, anyway. And the yeah. best way, no matter what you do, once you feel comfortable in your own skin as an older guy, and after I sobered up, which was key to actually yeah. dealing with the problems of why I was drinking and the, my own personal issues with that, mm -hmm. which are very personal. Yeah. Um, and I had to get it together, grow up, be a father, you know. And I had to make, you know, I've I've been beat up a lot by people. You know, you don't understand. I mean, for all the good shit I've been. I'm also a fucking pinata for certain right. for certain right. people, like the go-to guy to beat the shit out of, you know. And even people that I make a lot of fucking money for. Mm. Mm -hmm. Angry little fucking nothings. <laughs> sit around and count their money and smell their aging vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Mean, I don't mean anybody that I know, but it happens. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Hey, I, I I've been mean. I, this is one question for me because Dave, you and I have talked about this many times, or at least a few times on the show, with Michael Jackson. So I've what? heard. Yeah. I've heard demos of Michael Jackson where, you know, he would like sing the parts. Yeah, he did that sometimes. So is that one of the things he did when we did beat it, man? He had that lick that then he used to sing his demos, right? But he had a da, 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 that's just going on over and over and over again. And I said, dude, this is gonna kill everybody. There's enough stuff going over and over and over again. He did that too on vocally. I gave it a little resolve, something to get you know make it a four bar phrase instead of just two bars over and over the same thing and it took him a while to convince him but i finally did so 
so that was my contribution to that song. Otherwise, I just put in the, that was his lick that I played, and I did it a couple of different different ways. Otherwise, the rest of the stuff that I played on his album, those are all my parts. Yeah. So like, human nature was like he wasn't even in the room. Like Quincy just had cut the song with Steve, and he goes, and Quincy looked at me in the eyes, like two inches away from my face. He goes, "You gotta make this funky for me. You gotta give me something that works." It's a great song. It's too popular <laughs> on R&B radio. He goes, give me some of your muted shit. So I came up with that part on the spot. Did Steve write that song? And Steve hated it. Steve Picaro hated it. Steve Picaro hates me, so it doesn't matter. I, I don't know. I don't know why, but whatever. Um, um, yeah, I came up with it, and then he, of course, he grew to like it afterwards. And I just, you know, I, that's what I did. I, I took a B minor AG and fucking tried to make something out of it. Did the same chords for I keep forgetting. For uh, you know, that was take two uh, for Mike McDonald, who I love. A different tune, but same chords. You know, it's like that's the thing. I got handed B minor, A minor, G a lot, and you had to make something of that. And we sometimes we look at each other and go, "Wow, man, you got anything new for these chord changes?" You know, uh, sometimes the same song. <laughs> exactly. What the fuck, man? You know, I mean, I just God, you know. Right. What am I gonna do here? I played <laughs> on the same thing yesterday. Man, man, even if you had to stand on my head and twiddle my dick for these people, man, you know, they pay me to do it. I gotta be there. So some of the cheesy shit I played, but they told me to play it. You know, they I was their bitch, man. For three hours, they owned me. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was happy to have the gig. Of course. You know, everybody else in the room was great, and they were happy to have a gig, and we all laughed it off at dinner and went to the next session. We just said, oh, wow, that was interesting. You were funny to me, Luke, yeah. you know? You know, <laughs> just whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, we really try for everybody, no matter how crappy we thought the music was because we were such hipsters, you know? Um, no, 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 no. We tried for everybody, man. We'd go take after take and try to find a new part, try to rewrite a core of a bridge, you know, throw something in there to just so that we could get off. You know what I mean? And uh, then, these, and then of course, with the Grammys, is like, you know, the producer, I'd like to thank everybody but the guys who actually did the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, wasn't there, wasn't there something with the, with the people? And they didn't even mention us. They had, oh, wasn't they, there something with the boy in the fucking bathroom, you know? We're going, uh, yeah, right behind you, dude. <laughs> wasn't there something with the Michael Jackson stuff where something was lost? And I, I saw something you talked about in recent times. Uh, something something was lost. There was a, a a track lost or some some shit lost, and you guys had to come and save the day. And Jeff Picaro had had to fucking Frankenstein that back together again because they had pristine lead vocal comp and Eddie solo first generation, and somebody cut the synthy toad. Eddie Eddie. Um, Don Landy or somebody. I know Don gets pissed off. I tell the story. Somebody cut the fucking Simpty code and they wouldn't fucking go back up. Quincy freaked out because he wanted the master because this was still tape. So quality wise, it mattered. One first generation tape. So they gave us the slaves to work with. And and Jeff being the genius he was, all he heard was Michael, you know, there's a solo, Michael's lead vocal. And Michael Jackson, no click tracks. And Michael Jackson hitting two and four, thank God, on a drum turn. Drum thing and the Simpty code. They had to re simpty the code. And then we had, so Jeff went out with a pair of drumsticks, amazingly enough. And he recreated a click track for himself to play to. And he goes, okay, I got this. And he went out there. The second one was the record. And then I started overdubbing. I did all these 
wall of Marshall guitars because I heard Eddie's solo and shit like that. And then nobody played bass. I said, I'll play bass. I mean, this is, this is obviously does not need uh, require. I play bass on a lot of other records, you know, even our records, some of our records. But uh, I just did it because it, you know, it was easy, and they kept apart. So I'm like, you know, bass player on the track too, uh, which is pretty fine. Which is nothing to. Uh, I'm I'm not really ready for the cover of Bass Player Magazine yet. You know, <laughs> I'm sure you do fine. It's okay. Anyway, uh. <laughs> I'm growing a beard in my habitat. Yeah. That's okay. That's cool. Like you said, you can get a tumbleweed effect going on soon. I'm working on the taint. I told you that. So we got a question from a uh, modern vintage, Dave and Steve. Now, Dave, I don't know, Steve, if you know this, uh, your thoughts on using an amp cab and mic versus an amp boss tube amp expander. Oh boy. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. And, and I got a little a practice amp in the, in the room. It's, uh, I think, one of the early modeling at line six modeling amps. You know, it just makes noise. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't really, you know, you know, I don't really worry about that shit when I'm just practicing at home. Yeah, and, and because I got, you know, hearing issues already, you know, imagine that. Um, I don't really stick anything else in the ears unless I'm using in ears monitors for live, which I sure wish I could play live, man. It's been since October. It's so weird. It's like going 200 miles an hour into a wall after 45 years. You know, fucking hell. It's not even. Yeah, it's gotta be crazy, right? Good thing I saved some money, but I mean. It's just gets a little maddening after nine months, you know. I got a really great girlfriend, and, and I see my kids every day if I can. Uh, the ones that when I can see them, but you know, there are some of the older ones are moved away. There was a question earlier, and I, I um, they were they asked about you being proud of your son Trev. Very, we're on the same label, mascot. They changed oh, yeah. in their van. I, I um I think they wanted to do it. Uh, Lavara, I think his name. It's really if you like, it's like the way best way I can explain it is it's like with hooks, um, sort of like if Def Leppard met you two met Earth Wind and Fire, and had Jesus. That's, as a, a, that's a good mix. <laughs> and, and had a guy with an eight octave range who could pull it off in front. Yeah. Wow. Um, just a killer band. Killer band. They did. They opened for us uh, on this last. I got them out there on the road with us opening for us on our last uh, European tour last year. And they just, with, nobody knew who they were. And they thought like, at first they're like, oh, great. The kids are coming out. Because Mike Picaro's kid plays bass in the band too, Sam. So they thought, oh, they were just doing them a favor. Like I said, you know, and they, they went out there and they won them out. They kicked ass. And they got a deal over it. And so they used to be called ZFG. Now they're called Lavara because it's a combination of all their names or whatever. I don't know. You're going to have to ask him about that. But you're going to be hearing about these kids, man. If, if people uh, they're, they're it's it's real clever it's really melodic but it's really powerful and metal heads will dig it and chicks will dig it guys will go yeah that's cool i can get behind it and you can still sing a little bit of melody man awesome. chicks and the chicks are gonna go crazy for these little fuckers because they i don't know if, I, if the singer was my prison mate i'd be okay so so steve have you missed chiba since you've been locked down yeah have what have you missed chiba since you've been locked down no. Dude, man, Japanese foods, man. Hope they have takeout. Doesn't travel well, man. I've tried it. It doesn't take out. It doesn't travel as well. Actually, they're they're doing tables in the parking lot now. <laughs> yeah, I, I might 
just out of desperation. But I'm afraid of getting sick, man. If I get sick, man, I'm too fucking old now. I'm gonna fucking bury my ass, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like a distance well, for me. My, for me, what my doctor says and what oh, what I really truly believe. Look, I've been traveling the world for 45 years and I never get sick. I've been in every country there is. I've touched everything, you know. Yeah, and I never get sick. So I got an ironclad immunity system. Plus, I have Rh negative blood, which is very strange. Uh, and uh, most people don't. Which explains a lot of things, doesn't it? <laughs> Is that what makes you a little different? I'm a little different, man. I've always been <laughs> Honey, am I a little different? She's not even around, man. She's just shying me she's out. Not she, she's over you. <laughs> she can't leave. <laughs> she can't come back. That would suck. Hey, we got a good question. Um, another one from Vinny Moretti. What led to uh, your model changes on your signature guitar with Ernie Ball? Ah, yeah, been new pickups. Uh, Dudley, before he retired god bless him dudley gimple boy i can't say enough about this kid man this guy knows how to make guitars man I mean, he goes way back to the valley arts days you know i used to work there he used to work there work on my guitars and stuff so he knew what i like and he followed me through the whole thing hmm. before he split he came up with these pickups he goes i was i was with uh demarzo for a long time you know larry makes great shit it's nothing against them but it was really expensive to put in the guitar to buy the pickups and i wasn't making any money doing it and i wasn't getting a royalty from that you know? mm -hmm. My loyalty kind of went to shit there. Sorry about that, Larry. I never had bad words with the guy. I love him. But um, these guys came up with these pickups. and said, can we try these? Because, like, you know, these would save us a fortune. You'd make more money and, and blah, blah, blah. I think he's nailed what you want. Would you give it a chance? And I got into it, and I fell in love with them. They just were brighter and hmm. responded differently. And I found some different little things with the messing with the tone controls just to try not to sound like everybody else there's a tendency sonically these days for guitars to sound a lot the same you know what i mean yeah. i've been i've been messing with different pickup combinations and stuff like that rather than just going back pickup crank it up you know overdrive i mean that's that's a great sound but i mean we have heard it i'm just trying to mm -hmm. stick out in the crown I can't play. I can't run as fast. I don't. I mean, I just could be myself and be cool and go. You know, I'm lucky. I still get invited to the show now and then. You know. Exactly. Are there were there any other changes to the guitars at all? Or? Um, um, size wise, I messed with it a little bit, but uh, they, I really didn't. There wasn't much wrong with it. I go, you want to do a new one? Why? And then the pickups were a reason why. You know. We fixed. Well, someone, someone, someone else mentioned about your new guitar that's coming out. It's coming Isn't out. Isn't there a new one coming out? Yeah. And oh wait, I think we have it. So we hmm. might get answers. Hey, you might get an answer. You might get real answers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This. This one. Oh, nice. That's beautiful. Okay, so that's a new one coming out, guys. So that answers your question. There is no block inlays because that was another question we had. Did you have one that had block inlays, Steve? Oh, that neck, that neck is beautiful. Yeah, this thing is great. I'm going to rub my penis on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can keep that one now. Um, did you ever have one with block inlays? But, I mean, you're, I, I'm lucky to play the thing, man. I didn't build it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, never, I was the kind of guy, if I took the guitar apart, there was always... 
leftover parts. You know what I mean? <laughs> like this is not good. Why does it leftover parts? So I don't know how to tinker. I, I'm not the guys like Land. I would take this shit apart and get into it and learn how to do it. Yeah, you're 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 not the tech. You're no. not the technical no. amp guy. You're not no, the thing. Not it's guy. like sound good. Great. I'm in. You know, I don't yeah, I mean, you know, I've known that for years. I've known that for years, and uh, and for people that are going to ask technical questions, probably not a good idea. Well, I mean, I can to a certain point. You know, yeah. you know, you're going to ask so, me. Okay, well, well, here we'll go down this path for a second. So, okay, I don't, I don't know what capacitors you use or what tubes. No, no, no. But early, earlier, early in your career, weren't you using uh, Paul Rivera kind of uh, modified gear and stuff? Yeah, early no, on, yeah. right. Yeah, some Japanese deluxe stuff. modified Princeton uh, yeah. or deluxes or something. I bought it from Jay Gruskin after playing right. with it for years. I love that app. Right. But then it kind of farted out, and some guy from Japan bought it for fifty grand. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then you then you sort of transitioned into the boogie stuff, right? Momentarily um, during the album isolation, I used it. Right. You know, they make great stuff. It just was not. Um. I don't know. I don't know why I changed. But and then you, then, then, then you went on to the famous rack. Well, the thing is that at that point, I hooked up with Bob Bradshaw, who then hooked me up with Mike Soldano, and then yeah, Mike, was you had the Soldano, the famous black Soldano preamp. Yeah, I had a third one. I wish I, yep. you know, sellers remorse, but my daughter was going to college, and I'm going like, oh fuck, I want to go out on my account or I don't even amp. I I shouldn't have sold it, but somebody has number three. It was really good. It's the album. It's the one I used on the seventh one album. He used on that. But then Bob made a, a permutation of his yeah. with the channel thing, and then they had a scene between each other, whatever. And um, I ended up using Bob's for a while, you know, the three channel guy for a long yeah. one. Yeah. And then I went through a period of I just want to plug into an amp, you know. Especially uh and uh now I love Bob's stuff, and I'll probably get some more of it. But yeah. um, I think you know, I was at first I was the poster boy for that stuff, and then that silly video I did when I first got it, I was hung over. I turned on all everything and did the whole day. Just uh, I said, 35 years ago, I can't live it down, you know. All right, that the video, the, the... oh god, it's so I don't think I've ever seen it. No, somebody, somebody nailed me, man. And it's Wasn't it the hot licks video or something, or some shit. It said this guitar sounds like a kazoo, and I thought that was the funniest thing I ever heard. I thought, yep, that's it, and I'm your kazoo player, yeah, but. Huh. And you know, know I can thing, say, man, it was a fucking day in my life 35 years ago you should have been there the funny thing is the 80s sort of typified the uh the bradshaw rack and you were the head of that thing because all Here's that stuff appeared on all those records wait, wait, wait. john and all this shit first one i saw was was buzzy feetings yeah he's great Buzzy's great. And, and then Mike got it. We did a Fee Wable record, and he had it. And I said, fuck this. I got to get this shit, man. This is the shit. Yeah. And then I stole Bob and took him on the road. We've been pals. And, you know, and then I stopped using his stuff, and he moved away. Yeah. And I didn't see him that much anymore. But he still makes great stuff. We we had we had Bob on the show. Oh, well, there you go. He's, yeah. he's, yeah. Still, he's still a genius, man. I mean, yeah. I just, so yeah, many he's great. over in Lidditz, PA. Lidditz, PA, man. You know, listen, yeah. he's probably saving uh, and, you know, he, talk, he talked forever on the show, man. He he went for it. He was. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. He he was on what? fire. He kept talking. Oh yeah. What did he say? I about think him? he was lonely. <laughs> 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 well, he you know I don't know. Lonely in Lidditz. I hope he's not. Hey, you uh you mentioned uh, Valley Arts. So we got a question from uh, Filippo Milanio. 
uh, Steve, first of all, I'd like to say th I'm a huge fan. I really enjoy your 90s era when you play with the Valley Arts robot. Yeah, I still got it. You still have it. Yeah, yeah it's the only one. Uh, when these guys sold to the uh, the Korean company, they put a version of my guitar out in Japan and said it was my model, and it's not. I have nothing to do with it. I don't make any money off it. It's just a cheap knockoff. I have the so only you one. Still, you still have Robot. Yeah, I still have the number three uh, Sunburst uh, one that they made for me, too. Oh, wow. So, I mean, uh, I kept... I, I, I remember those. Two, I remember the, yeah, wait. I remember those two guitars distinctly. Restringing <laughs> them 150,000 times. <laughs> yeah, those are those Both are the of guitars. those guitars. Wow. I remember those. But but Robot was a great guitar, man. And and you know, please don't ever sell that. I mean, shit, man. That, that's I like, got my fucking '59 Les Paul, man. That's great. That's Thank it, you. man. And my '51 Escort. They're sitting in my bedroom right now. I might. You're awesome. I might. You know, I might take it on the road. You never know. I remember Joey Brasler telling me stories about how you first got that '59 Les Paul. I was. It was in a fucking uh, shop in Arizona. I bought it a seat on the way home because they wouldn't let me. I wasn't gonna put it under in the fucking old nine <laughs> k. I kept making the stewardess bring it gin and tonics and shit like that. <laughs> no, I get tired of the vegetarian meal, man. You know, I just started fucking with these people Before, when you could back in the seventies. Right, right. Uh, Matt Hogan, th thanks for the super chat, Matt. Um, Taylor three fifteen. He goes, you guys really knocked it out of the park with this one. Love Luke. He's funny as he is a great player. Oh, thanks, hey, Mark. I think we missed a couple super chats in there. That's definitely possible. Um, so oh, somebody, guys, how much money is this? Is this just for me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, we lost Dave. I'm kidding, man. I'm Jerry. Give it to Jerry. Fine, whatever. <laughs> where, where did he go? Oh, he's going to count the money he's making. <laughs> Loving man, can you talk about stepping into lead vocal role for total songs? Okay, you know what, man? I didn't never thought of myself as a singer. I never really wanted to do it. I, I kind of did it by default in my younger school band. But uh, you know, when, when they put the band together, they wanted a band full of guys that could sing. Everybody could sing a tune, like the Eagles or Fleetwood Mac, or something. just by comparison, by people not saying that we have anything to do with their level of success or anything like that. Um, but um, you know, sorry, I'm scratching this mole on the back of my head. Probably not a good idea. Um, <laughs> there you are. I, don't, I have no idea what happened. I just, uh, boom, gone. Boom, you were gone? Okay, man. Mm -hmm. You have to have a quick tug. I know about guys like you. <laughs> uh, 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 you're a I might as well do this. I'll be the fun guy. Wasn't red. Saturday, second row last night in Philly and Sunday in Chances. Last time we see you, yeah, that's the last time you saw it as that version of the band. Toto, that, that was it. Um, that will never happen again, but, but there still might be something you know, you don't for, throw 44 years of your life away by some crazy 12 year old mean girl letter, do you? No, that's what I mean. Uh, Noah Gattel, Dave is the best, really such a fantastic help, tone creator, and cares about music and sound. Yes, he is. Thank I guess you. he's talking about you. Okay. He's no, talking about me, and thank you. No, Dave makes great stuff. We've obviously one of the top guys there is now. That must make you feel pretty good. It does. You know, in yeah, fact, uh, yeah, we, had, we, had Bob Rock, we had Bob Rock on, you know, and uh, and he, he had a he paid me a compliment. I was just like, man, I 
can I pay you later? Because, you know, well, <laughs> it was such a nice compliment. I, I couldn't believe it. You know, when you get, when you get compliments <laughs> like that, you know, it's. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, Bob Rock is making this crazy compliment for me. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. Bob. Bob's got it in huge years. I'm a, he's, he's great. First few times I met him, he's always a sweetheart of a guy. Really talented. Now. Yeah. Hey, there was a question that, that someone sent in, and I can't remember their name. I'm sorry, I really apologize, but um, what about Eric Clapton? Did you ever work with Clapton? Yeah, I worked on. I talked my way onto the sessions for for uh, Forever Man and something else on that record, on the Behind the Sun record, because I wanted to meet him. I said he didn't need me. What does Eric Clapton need me for, man? And it was the only time I got really starstruck. I would go fucking Eric Clapton. He grabs my fingers as I'm walking into the fucking room. He goes. I had a feel of your fingers, man. Because you don't have any callus. And I go, I just got out of the shower, man. God, it's Eric Clapton. My fucking hair. How many times did I lift up the needle trying to learn how to fucking crossroads and shit? Uh, and, and, you know, and, and I just, it freaked me out that I kind of like could hardly play. You know, it was like one of those sessions. Like, I was like, fuck, man. God. I think Eric I Clapton. And, and, but he was so nice. And I saw him last year with Ringo in Japan. And I met uh, Doyle, who I'm also a big fan of. Um, Bramble, and he was great. And um, you know, I'm a big fan. I don't, you know, that, that without Eric and Jeff Beck and Gilmore, who was really a big influence on me. I love David Gilmore and Jeff too. You know, and and Jimmy Page. Please, come on. Without that and George Harrison, I would have been nothing. Nothing. Right, right. That was that was it. That was the holy grail until I grew up and found out about fusion music, and we could go down the list. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, my buddy Mike Lando was the fucking baddest. So he would we would listen to records and he'd turn me on to shit. I'd find shit, you know, we'd turn each other on to shit, learn records, learn how do you play that? I mean, it was a really positive thing to grow up with a guy like Mike who was so good that it just had kept you on your toes. I mean, you weren't able to back off. I mean, he was a sponge. It was interesting. It was it was interesting with Mike, you know, Mike went through all these sort of stages yeah. in his career. I call well, the thing it was, I always like, went I call it early on. Early, early on, he had his kind of Eddie Van Halen stage, you know, like yeah, he, was, he never did the tapping thing. I never saw him. No, that. no, he didn't do the tapping thing, but he had this thing going on. And then later on, you know, he kind of went to the Stevie Ray Vaughan kind well, of territory. I'm going to call him more Jimmy, calling from Jimmy's place because he was really Jimmy really and Stevie hard. and. Yeah, and, and you know, that's and, our, and then sure. later on, later on, Raging Hockey's though was more grunge. Well, you know. You gotta to talk to Mike. Times change, but times change. But Mike on the show. Why don't you have Mike on? He's coming to my house tomorrow. I'll tell him you have to be on the show. But you know, I that would be awesome. Look, look, listen, to please tell Mike hi. I haven't talked to him for quite a while. And yeah. um tell him I would love, love to have him on the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um truly I know he doesn't do this kind of shit. Yeah, but I'll get him. I would him. love to have him. And he might feel comfortable enough with me. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, just out of curiosity, can you guys hear me all right? Can I what? Oh yeah, you're fine. Okay, because I my speakers cut out of here, so I just, we were just ignoring you, man. Don't don't bother. don't worry. Don't, don't worry, worry yeah. about it. We just ignore you. Don't. <laughs> I'll drop for a piss. I'll be right back. Uh, no, I mean, uh, <laughs> um, what? I had a thought and now I lost it. I'm old. Uh, no, it's just the weed. Not as old as you, but I'm old. It's the weed, man. 
Well, we got a question from Tyler. Definitely not the weed. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Tyler Spear at four nine. What are you doing with all this money, man? <laughs> it pays uh, for. Uh, oh yeah, let me tell you. Let me tell you, we're getting rich off this. Oh yeah, and you know what I mean. You know, I got to pay the rent yeah. this month. What's my cut? <laughs> we'll send you a share. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the music. Thank you, Tyler Spear. God bless your soul, man. That's what was the question? Uh, he has. He, he plays his guitar. I think. Oh. Thank you. And I said thank you back. Okay, Mark. There's there's some more up here that we need to get to. So I mean, um, yeah, you got to go to those high dollar ones, man. You're gonna be fucked. Matt Matt Hogan just gave us some money. Thank you, Matt Hogan. Okay, um, man. You know, I I'm not receiving a fucking dime of this, just so you know. <laughs> I like well, neither, neither are we. Neither are we really. You realize that there is some expenses involved. In this. I don't care about <laughs> money. It doesn't matter. We'll make it work. We'll make uh, it work. What about the Helios? The Helios just have more meat. Give me a little bit more. I'll tell you what, Steve. I'll tell I you like what. Here, here's the deal. This is really important. When we can. Let's go to Chiba, and I'm buying. Oh, come on. Let's go. Yeah. Well, we can. Chiba, okay? I lose my mind. Are you kidding when you me? feel comfortable enough to do it, even if it's outside, let's fucking do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just tested negative, so I don't know if that counts. I, well, no. I haven't been out of my house, I'm sorry. But yeah, that might not matter. Right. You can be outside. I don't know. Who goes to the grocery store? Uh, we have people for that. You yeah. have people for that? I don't fuck go to grocery store, man. Right. What do you have to go to the grocery store for? People fucking um, get weird. People get weird on me in the grocery store. I stopped going. Connie Puro, just want to give a shout out to Steve. She's, I went to grammar school with her. She's a doll. I love you, Connie. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, ben Ben Breard. Steve, the first memory as a child involving music is my father sitting me down and playing Toto 4. To this day, your playing is still the gold standard in my book. Thanks for being an inspiration. To this day, your God bless you, Ben Brett. Thank you very much for enjoying that. That was a good time in our career. We, I think that was the peak of that version of the band. Los Lobotomies, killer stuff. Any thoughts about those time and those people? Yeah, the guy that fucking stole the name takes all the money. You should probably talk to him. Uh, who stole the name? Garfield. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I remember seeing you guys many, many, many a times at the baked potato. Yeah, well, you'll never see it again. Uh, yeah, I bet. I don't work for free. Steve always wondered where the sample at the beginning of. Oh, you know, I don't know. That's a great question, Sean, because uh, actually I got to give love to CJ Vanston, my producer and co writer on that, who's a brilliant, brilliant man. Uh, I would come leave. We'd write something. He'd come back and it'd be produced up. God knows where he got these things from. He was just so invented and had such a great catalog of sounds and ideas that were endless. I mean, he's really, really talented cat. Great producer. I suggest anybody get working with him. You can't. Uh, hi from Tokyo. Me, wait a second. Azumi, one of my favorite girls. She's always at every gig. I mean, this girl's like from New York and Tokyo, baked potato. That the big gigs, little gigs, doesn't matter. Wow. You, Azumi. Thank you very much. Any uh, sneak preview? Sneak preview. Guess what? You know, I've decided not to do the second book for a little while. You know, the first book was such a great success. Number one, five-star reviews. No matter what I do, it's never going to be as good. I mean, maybe one and done is what I should do, you know? Go out on top or uh, 
it's got to be something completely different. I'm not going to write a book about fuck you, so and so, fuck you, this person, I mean, I hate everybody. I mean, that's about as helpful as a fucking five testicles, you know. <laughs> There's no point in it, you know what I mean? I, I, I've been shit on, I've been hurt, I've been fucked with my whole life, so what? Nobody cares. They're going, oh, poor Luke, they're fucking one of you know, all the greatest. Nobody wants to hear me complain about shit. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to carry on with my life in a positive, positive way as best I can and look forward. And That's all I know how to do right now. I don't know how much time I got left. I might as well make the most of it. Exactly. Uh, we got this one from Michael Manchisi. Breakdown ahead. Talk to you later. Crisscross. All right. Can you talk about those? You were really the soundtrack to that era. Amazing. And thanks for the music. If I told you that I did all those in like one take, would you believe me? And I doubled them. In some cases i was that was my i was working a lot so i got i got that doubling thing together pretty quick um you know i just happened to play the right thing for the right era for the right time for the right song someone of the song talk to you later i co-wrote so i mean i'm gonna play bass on that one too because the bass player refused to play on it because i wrote it i mean and, and if you notice the, the lick uh, opening lick is familiar to a van halen song but i wrote the song first and i tease eddie about that i go hey Summer Nights, we had a song called I Think I Can Stand You Forever on our third album on a slower tempo. It's the same chord changes with my fucking blazing guitar going, it's like, and I, and here's the thing I know he didn't hear it and he didn't steal it. Right. One of those things that, like, as yeah, a songwriter, and anybody out there as a songwriter understands that sometimes when you're writing shit in the back of your mind, you might have heard it or you, or you yeah. didn't. Oh, or you just yeah, have to sure. like one guy on this side of the world has an idea, and one guy on this side of the world has you're, an idea, the same idea. You're well, a they, product. You're a product of everything you've ever heard. Also, you we're, know? Pulling, we're pulling from the same area, you know, from up yeah. here, you know, because I don't write this shit. No, I don't play this shit. I, I, yeah. I believe in God, but not the cartoon Jesus, the cartoon God. I believe in the real people, you know, not the you know, the little white cherub kids and stuff like that. <laughs> That's like unbelievable. Me, uh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna piss off some Christians out there, but um, I believe in God in my own way, and that should be uh, all you need to know, exactly. Uh, Jose Romero, um, did I already say this? Thank uh, you, Jose, God bless you. What an amazing solo! Cheers from Peru, thanks. Never walk alone. Um, second solo album, The Candy Man. So, so. I never I had, wait a second. I never played on any Van Halen tunes. I did background vocals. Yeah. Don't spread that rumor around. It's not although true. that's ridiculous. Why speaking, would he speaking of that? Van Halen? I did have the pleasure of being at the baked potato. <laughs> when yeah. you I, I, Mike Landau and Eddie Van Halen played a game. The name of the band was Fuck's Not. Yeah, Fuck's Not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And four thousand people in the streets trying to get. Let in. me tell you, I'm very happy that I was, I was, uh, I was had the pleasure of uh, actually being there. It was and insane. Um, insane. I remember that distinctly. And, and and you know, I do think, I do think, you know, was, well, first of all, this was the era that you were going to the baked potato with your rack with the Soldano in it, the H and H power. Yeah. In. And you put a you put a cabinet next to your rack, and then you, we put a cabinet on top of your rack. Two cabinets on top. Two of cabinets. Two floor toilets. All the stereo cabinets were two cabinets. Right. Two fucking cabinets. One on top of the four twelve, and one on the floor. On that and screen, we shoved uh, in the corner. 
stamped at stage. And and you know, Mike was across this other side, and he had one twelve scattered around the room, and then Ed had his rack shoved oh, in there geez. and a cabinet. Yeah, Eddie, uh, Eddie only did the first set, man. Then he was. I mean, to be honest, to be honest, Ed was maybe a little out of his element in in this in this fucking thing, well, but it I was talk- a great time. That was we had fun. It was just meant to be fun, you know. Uh, yeah, that was the, like possibly one of the 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 most epic guitar moments <laughs> of any that anyone could ever think of. You have Is there any video of that? Michael Landau, no. one of the best guitar players in the earth. And, and even professed by you, and yeah. uh, well, you have Eddie Van Halen. I mean, well, Jesus fucking Christ, right? Well, we're all fucking drunk and having fun, man. Kids, <laughs> you know. that's awesome. Yeah, that's true. Fun. Hey, Ethan Ricks says, "Can you talk about working with Aretha?" Well, yeah, man, boy, that was deep, man. Because the take was when she got the lead vocal. Cause she was sitting in the middle room, set up in the middle room at Cherokee Studios playing grand piano and singing with an open mic like this. The lead vocal. And I was about three feet from her this way. David Williams was sitting next to me on guitar, rest his soul. And parts were there. Arif Martin was producing. It was Foster on Page on keyboards, Lenny Castro on Jeff Picard on drums, and a young Marcus Miller. So uh, she was going to, we were doing a take, you know, and she started singing, man. And I lost my place on the chart because it was so fucking good, man. Just going to couldn't believe what that was Aretha Franklin singing like that great in front of me that I got lost in the chart. And unfortunately, it was the run through. So I could fucking I'm, I'm going, I'm sorry, I got lost. You're so good. I can't listen to you. You know, it's like <laughs> and she was so <laughs> she was so sweet to us. I we did like three albums in a row with her and Aretha. Man. It was great. Great moment. Yeah. I mean, that's like that's like royalty. Yeah. I mean, you know, did you, I, did you I, ever do anything with Whitney Houston or anything? No, no. What? Do you ever do anything with Whitney Houston? Yeah, I did a later. Christ, I did a Christmas record with Jimmy Iovine, and he paid me a great compliment. He goes, "Man, Luke, I can't believe you come up with a great part in a dumb Christmas song. Unbelievable." That's my Jimmy Iovine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember this this thing well, stands out of my mind when I played on Stand Back, you know, the fucking uh, Stevie Nicks tune. Yeah. Uh, the the they had tried somebody they were looking for a Billy Jean part on it, you know. And mm-hmm. they tried David Williams, who played the Billy Jean part. And he, they didn't like what he played, and they tried Dean Parks and they, they didn't like what he played. I think they tried Paul Jackson, they didn't like it. I came in and they told me what they were looking for. I went, I know what you want. And and I knew Shelly Yakis is is an uh, engineer, and I just yeah. Oh, plug plug me di give me a little bit of fucking uh um compression let's let's do this and i played the first take and that's what's on the record and then jim Ivey pops his head and he goes that's great what do you want to eat like i want you know you know the the reason I brought up with the Whitney Houston thing was uh, I remember um, I, I remember wasn't she wasn't there, so I didn't meet her. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember I brought up the Whitney Houston thing because I had uh, I remember uh, distinctly uh, being at Third Encore for some fucking reason, and Whitney Houston's rehearsing right, and I'm standing oh, outside. Man, you can tell her, tell us you're a super fan. Come on, you had your flowers. No, 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 no. no. Hold on, Whitney, it's so- me. 
Dave. Well, I, well, yeah. You know what? Hold on. She's like one of the best vocalists ever. But she's great. Uh, um, I remember standing outside the door of um the rehearsal studio and going, "Oh my fucking god!" I mean, like she's like singing her guts out, and it's like perfect, per- perfect pitch, perfect everything. And you're just like going, holy shit, you know? You're, 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 that is that defining moment where you're just like going. There's not that many okay. people really good. And Barbara Streisand, she's another one when I was on yeah. the set when I was just a kid. Yeah, Barbara Streisand. Her mouth and started singing. It was like Jesus. Also, everyone that everyone that's ever worked with Pink, also. Is, yeah, I that. David worked. David Page worked with her. Yeah, and some she's of like. She, they're like, yeah, she does a scratch vocal and it's like perfect right out of the gate while hmm. you're playing live in the room and you're just like, shut up. <laughs> she would make a great rock singer, actually. Yeah, she probably. Well, she tried. She tried that, but that that doesn't that doesn't necessarily work. When you guys right. Davis pick a corny song for him, you just do those, you know. And, and, but Narda did some great stuff with her. Yeah. Hey, we got a question. Uh, Keith Axtell, Steve, what is or what is what was your favorite car and why? Tesla, Tesla, without a question. I've had them all. That's the car just blows everything I've ever had out of the world. That's what you have now, right? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, well, that's better than the Porsche, Porsche, and everything. I've got him. I bought Landau's. We had a great fucking turbo when we were kids, yeah. and it got stolen right out in front of the Mikado restaurant, right in the front door. I was so pissed. I was Brad's really? Side. We finished rehearsal. I said, "Let's go get some fucking food." And he goes, "So I go. I pull the car right in park, right in front, right in front of the front door." It was long. It was really tricked out, cool. And uh, I was really, I love that car. And I came out, and I, you know, I'm kind of looking at, I look at Bradshaw, I look at, I'm looking down, and I go, "It was my fucking car here." And I call the cops. Dig this. I call the cops. And they go, what kind of car do you have? And they go, it's a Porsche Turbo. It's been, but it's like customized. He goes, and the guy started laughing at me. He goes, it's in Mexico right now. You got, I tell me you have insurance. I go, of course I have insurance. He goes, well, now you get a new car, don't you? That was what the police told me. They weren't even going to bother me. So the well, next you thing, know? you know, I mean, I don't know what you got to do to get a policeman to your house right now. I mean, at this particular moment, you probably have to light yourself on fire and say that you got a gun and a pistol in your pistol or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they might show up three days later. You know, you got to keep pose. You know, strike a pose. Come on, Madonna. <laughs> oh shit! Hey, we uh, let's see. We got um, Jim Brady. Really glad to see you rested, man. Really rap a little bit about the new pedal with Uli Rodenberg. Just got it in the mail. I haven't. I would need to plug it into a, a real amp to fucking get a real sound. Oh, what is this? What pedal is this? Well, there's a kid in um, Germany that makes these little pedals for me that I fucking love. They're like three. Oh, well, here I can show it to you. I'm sure he'd appreciate the free. And he put my little name on it. Isn't that nice of him? Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. It does many. It changes things. And you. It, the thing is, if I'm already using high gain and I want to get a little bit more for one particular reason, it doesn't crash it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You don't want it to go. You know, hey, over. Sure. 
you can tell it just gives you that a little more high end, a little more buzz for a little bit more sustain. You know? Is that a two channel pedal? What is that two channel pedals or just one with three. a boot? Or I think three? it's yeah, yeah, three channel like the one I have. He made me another one, it's on my board right now. Oh, okay, cool. I, I use it for different sounds, you know, different on different tunes. It's uh, it's interesting. I like to do that. I'm always it's the ne listen, it's the never ending quest, of course. Nobody has the ultimate guitar and amp that makes you sound like God. It's like you actually have to show up and play it, so you know. Uh, it, a great equipment helps you. It's a great tool, but it ultimately comes down to you. Yes, the player and their hands. Yeah, because because I I have experienced this over the years. Many people, like I know this sounds good. Really, and I've had people plug in going, and you're like listening to it going, "Fuck, did it break?" It's them. What, it's the, what the fuck did you do? It's, their hand. it's them. It's their hands. It's, a, it's them, man. It's their hands. It is. It's and, some. Um, yeah. That's some why there, and that's why there's so many different. And that's the thing, man. Believe that's me. The I, thing. You know, I, I played Jeff Beck's guitar. I wish it made me sound like Jeff Beck. Played Eddie Van Halen's guitar, and they put in my. They, everybody. I, I knew people that. I, yeah. There, there's no magic. People that have played. Um, I know people that have worked for Jeff Beck. And as their tax and everything else, and literally, it's like, yeah, man, um, you know, go into my house, and I don't know, grab a couple guitars out of the stack in there, and they're yeah. all just like thrown thrown into one side of the room, mm -hmm. and they're all laying against each other. He goes, just I don't know, take anything. No, I took his fuck. I stayed. Goes, I, don't, I, don't, I don't give a shit. I stayed in his guest room. One of the guest rooms in years ago. We were working together. I, I did an ill fated. I produced a record that never came out, which is a shame. Oh, uh, it was really good. Um, it was before mm -hmm. techno era. It was ninety-seven or something like that. Ninety-six, ninety-seven. From what? Who artist? Sorry, Jeff, I missed it. Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck. Okay, yeah, got it. Wow. Oh. And so I mean, you know, we play. He could fucking make an out of tune guitar perfectly in tune. I mean, it's uncanny. Well, well, that's the thing that the thing was saying. The, the guy was saying. He goes, dude, I pull these guitars out, and it's like. There's like an inch of clearance off the the neck, and like like they were all out of whack. And, well, this and he goes, he didn't give a shit. <laughs> the thing about him is like I think he he likes it to fight back. Yeah, he, he does. I mean, I mean, I'm I, I can't quote him. It's no, I have no right to do that. But as I remember talking, I go, how can he play this guitar with the strings? You know, I, I think you put a fucking B string on an E string and not give a shit. You know what I mean? Next yeah. one. Ways and like if he's, he's just a, you don't want to tell him what to do because it's so special that like it, he, he doesn't do it normally or or what someone would call it correctly, right? And nor should he ever. Nor should he ever. Okay, so I got nothing to say on that, right? Like I can go like, but and you go like, wait a minute, man. It's like I have, I have no right to tell him. Let's listen to what's coming out of this guy. Fuck the guitar. I don't care what he plays. To listen to that sound. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, we got Matt Hogan. Thanks, guys. Steve, prior to COVID, I've been doing mostly remote sessions. Any advice for keeping the vibe networking up in this day and age moving forward, regardless of social media? Thanks. Well, just make sure you have the three things that your producer wants, which is either a young boy, a 
eight ball of cocaine or some extra cash on the side to <laughs> you give know, a little money back from your taste and it'll call you back. You know, it's kind of a thing. You know? No, that's a terrible answer. I know that's good know. advice. Good advice. Um, no, that's a good, that's well, good advice. Yeah, that was how they made hit records. That's, that's how you got your record on the charts. I forgot. Well, that's how hit records are made a while ago, maybe, but <laughs> no, no, no. Now you gotta have wait, two, are there two, any hit two, records now? You gotta have two fists and Danny X asshole. Spotify. <laughs> Come on. Come on, you can make a lot of money. Yeah, that's it. You pull them out, big brown chunks of fucking hunk, and there's not a dime in your pot. You go, what happened, Danny? <laughs> oh my god, I want to That die. is the concept. I think I'm gonna leave you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to go? Is dinner ready? I can smell uh, homemade guacamole and, and like my fish tacos are happening here, man. Are they ready? And I think I think that oh god, just I, I really gotta go. Okay. I've had a blast, you guys, and I'd love to sit here and do a part two. Yeah, come back anytime. Yeah, let's do a part two, man, because I think there's still a lot of people that want to do do some, you know, talk. Some so let's do a part two. I'd be happy to, man. It was fun. Okay, awesome. Yeah. We'd love to have you back, Steve. Yeah, and thank for everybody tuning in. And I'm sorry if I didn't get to everybody's questions. I really meant to. Yeah, we're sorry if we missed some of you guys' questions too. So. Yeah, well, we, if we no, missed no. it, don't worry about it. We'll uh, we'll catch you next time, guys. We'll uh, we'll take care of you. Uh, oh, here, 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 no. <laughs> what really funny people here, man. <laughs> I mean, wow. Why, what did you see? <laughs> I just people write weird shit. That's all I can say. You know, some of it is funny, and some of it's like fuck you or something like that. Uh, it, sober, no... Luke, sober Luke is wilder than drunk Jakey Lee. <laughs> well, yeah, you you have to understand something. It, the comment of that was we had an a epic drunk uh Jakey Lee episode in Vegas wow. where we were in the same room together and we went down a path of complete debauchery. And uh yeah, do that I know, and then, I know the debauchery you. continued after no one saw what happened after. I can't is, I can only imagine. Hey, hey, have you ever met him? Oh, you don't like me. He doesn't like you? No, he said I sucked in some fucking magazine or something like that. Really? Huh. Yeah. Oh, I, actually, I, get, I think I, you guys I, would get, get along great. Wait a second, I get that a lot. To be honest, man. I think you guys would get along great. <laughs> hey, listen, man, you know, I mean, you can't please everybody. I he, I, mean, uh, he, I think I think what he did with his Aussie was great. You know, I mean, I got nothing. Uh, he got nothing anybody. He, and the only beef I ever got into was I should tell this story really briefly because it was this is where I learned about stupidity with the press and be careful what you say. Um, I made a crack about Billy Corgan like in 1994, like, and I didn't really mean it. I said, "Don't print that. That was just shit." I was hung over. I was like, "Oh, you know, I'm being being a bitch." You know, like we sometimes human beings are in the morning. Well, yeah, sure. Some cunt at fucking Guitar Player Magazine. What was his second name? Joe Gore. That's why you've never heard of him. Not Joe. No, 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 not Joe. He's one of those guys. Might have known it was him. And he just took he took it apart and then he quoted me saying all this horrible shit about Billy Corgan. And Billy got hurt and pissed off. And he dad wrapped me in for 20 years. Hated my guts until 
until I confronted him live on the radio in Chicago's hometown by accident. I didn't even know I was doing an interview. There. And by the way, we have Billy Corgan too. And I'm going, oh, fuck. So I basically apologized to him. I said, I was wrong. I was totally wrong, by the way. I was out of line. I was just saying stupid shit, you know, like, you know, like being a dick. And uh, I apologized to him publicly in front of two million people in his hometown. I don't know how much better you can do than that. And he was cool. He was like, thanks a lot. I really do. I always liked him as a player. I don't understand. I said, it was stupidity, man. You know, you say something stupid in an interview. I've always tried to make a point to make it right if I've ever done something like that. Because I know what it's like to be on the other side. Right. Because like, I somebody mean, look at this sucks. I go, well, what did I ever do to this guy? You know, I like, go, what the fuck? Okay, you don't like it. Dude. Why'd you say that, though, man? You know? Right. So, yeah. You know, we all get it, you know? So, I mean, it did hurt my feelings for a minute, but I mean, I'm over it, you know? I mean, it's not like I didn't lost a lot of sleep over it, you know? Right. Hey, I just real quickly before you leave, we had two more super chats. One from Jacob Cody. Come he on, said, man. He said, as a muscle shows. Man, that's what the money. Let me see this. Then How much you get? <laughs> I, I can't put this one up. I missed it. Oh, uh, on, man. I got to give him his money's worth. This was 20 bucks. This was 20 bucks. Come on, that's, that's pretty good, right? I don't yeah. Know. As a, as a Muscle Shoals area native. Okay. It, it was cool to see you give local hero Barry Beckett a mention in your book regarding the Bob Seeger, the fire oh, inside session. I was honored to work with him, you know, he and uh, Paige was all excited. I got to work with Barry Beckett. And Any funny stories? There was nothing funny going on. Bob was a really serious artist, man. You know, we worked really hard. And he, we stayed on the same song for like a couple of days, different tempos, different keys, and he tried it every turn and inside out. But every time he sang, he sang full out Bob. You know, so you can't, when somebody's giving you their all, you got to go, well, I'll play a hundred times if that's what you want to do, man. If you're good, you're not just putting us through the exercise, you're putting yourself through it. You want to make sure it feels good for you. He wanted to capture the magic on the take of his vocal, I think. And yeah. I respect him a great deal. And I, um, he even asked me to go on the road with him afterwards, but uh, I couldn't do that. Gotcha. No, no, last one. Yeah. Last one is Vib Vibus Patil. He says, the one thing I love about your playing is that it seems to fit nearly every situation. What did you focus on in your learning that enabled you to do that? And then that's the last thing. You know what, man? I just... I I'm a product of everything I've ever listened to, installed, and learned. You know what I mean? And you put it in a blender, and whatever comes out of me, I, I can't say that I that I think that much about it. And I do believe in a higher power. I don't think I think that fast or that clever to play some of the shit I do. And sometimes, you know, my new record that's coming out next year. I mean, I did it all live, live solo, so I had no excuse. I said, I'm not going to comp solos. I'm not going to do this again. I'm going to do this, and if I can't do it, then I suck. No connects and all that shit. And I pulled it off. It's a great record. I think people will like it. And it'll sound 70s record. It's I didn't it doesn't have any synths on it. It doesn't have click tracks. It doesn't have any DJ so and so on it. You know, it's just fucking for for, for us old heads, you know. There, there's just still a few of us left, you know. Well, I can't wait to uh hear it. I did it for me. No, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you don't want to talk to her. Oh, wait. <laughs> Joseph, Joseph, I'm on. I'm live on on uh, Zoom right now. <laughs> it is. Come up and have a fish taco. Right. That was Joseph Williams, in case you're wondering. Cool. Well, go enjoy your fish tacos, and uh, thanks for coming on, Steve. Fun, Steve, uh, uh, Steve, I, I love I, you I love all. Part two. You too, man.
Let's do it again. Yes, please do. Come yeah, back. I hope good. that, uh, you know, I would do something horrible right now, but I probably regret it. So uh, let's just leave it with a nice little piece. God bless you. And thank you for being patient with me. I hope oh, this, awesome. I hope this didn't ruin your show at all. <laughs> oh, not at all, man. Come you're the on. best. You're the best. Thank you, man. All right. God bless you, man. You. you too. Bye-bye bye now. Bye. There we go. I think he just shut his computer down. Yep. So that was awesome. So guys, thank you guys. And we were um sorry it got cut short. We'll do another one with him. So yeah, we'll definitely we will definitely do schedule another one. I'm sorry I missed if I missed anybody's questions, please let me know. I'll try to get I'll try to get you an answer if I can. And yeah, uh we'll, next we'll guest, get the answers from Steve if you want. I can. I can email him. So if there's yeah. a question I missed, Bev, uh, excuse me, BV, I keep telling him Bev, BV will let me know if I missed any, and uh, I will try to get you an answer from Steve. Next show is August 7th with uh, Rhett Scholl, uh, and then August 21st is Steve from Dan Electro, uh, August 28th is Jordan Ziff, and we've got a whole crew of people, so, and then we'll uh, we'll get Steve Lukather back on, so... Yeah, we'll do a part two. Yep. And and you know, and we'll still do a Jakey Lee part two at some point in time. Yes. That'll be awesome. I think I'll have oh. to send him a bottle of something now. <laughs> yeah, you may have to. Yeah. Prior um, to the uh prior to the uh the thing, the event. Yeah, because you guys can't be together. I know. So all right. Well, everybody have a great weekend. Everyone be safe. Um, this is a real thing. You know, a close friend of mine just um, got the virus and I was exposed to him and I am negative. But still, you know, it's, uh, it's a real thing. He's fine. So don't worry about that. But um, it's real. It's real. It happens. So uh, be safe and uh, don't um, don't do stupid shit. Right? Yeah, wear your mask and um, check out Sweetwater in the link that we provide. Please uh, do. You know, we got the can... new twin sister amp coming out uh, shortly. Uh, that's coming. Um, the official release for it to be actually in the stores is. Um, August, uh, or not August, I'm sorry. Um, well, end of August. So so the 31st, I think, is our release. Hmm. So it should be in all the stores by then. So, so actually there. So. And the small box pedal also? Small box pedal still coming. Don't have release date on that yet. And what was the... Uh, sorry, everything's been like just totally shoved down the pipeline here as far as releases, you know, because of all the COVID stuff and everything else is going on. It's everything's delayed. So was uh, Steve Stevens model two. That's coming too. Okay. After the, after twin sister. Gotcha. All right. Well, you guys uh, check out Sweetwater. All right, please make sure you hit subscribe and click the bell for our channel. Um, that really helps us out. And, uh, have a great weekend. Dave, 
thanks for hooking it up with Steve. Yeah, no problem. Of course. That was awesome. He's a, he's a blast. Stay on for a minute. I will. You guys take care. Have a great weekend.